Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Archery Shack Shop Talk. I'm Jeremy. I'm TJ. We are back. We've passed our half a year mark. This is podcast 27. We've had a lot of stuff happen in the last week. Oh, yeah. T-Bob, a lot of stuff's happened. It has. We had our bowstring giveaway um, Friday night this past week. That Which we did live. We did that live for the first time ever. We we got to go live. That was cool. Had some people watching. Had a lot of people afterwards said they watched it. And thanks for doing the podcast. So we're glad to do them. Um, Bodie ended up winning them. We're going to send him a setup for his bow tech. I'll, I'll actually probably do some, not probably not like a 30 minute video, but some kind of quick video when we make them and just kind of throw that out there to be neat. But it was, a, I think he's got a Bowtech, and it was some Kiwi and Silver action, so that'll be cool. So we'll put that out there. We're going to start doing more giveaways. People have asked, and we will respond. Yep. We're going, not this week. Wait till we start going live, which is going to be next week. Um, <clears throat> and we're going to give away just random stuff. Maybe it'll be Broadheads one week. Maybe it'll be who knows what. So uh, we'll we'll figure all that out. Not this week, but next week, we're going to start a Thursday night live feed at about 6.30ish, and it'll just be a little short 20 to 30 minute thing, but it'll be something different to watch, and of course, it'll save it after we go live, and uh, you know, you can watch it later, you don't have to watch it live, but we had more people watching live Friday night than I thought we would, so that went well. Yep. Before I get too much further, let's talk about what we've picked as our featured product this week and it is a very popular product in the shop and i know everywhere it that is. is the fast eddie and the fast eddie xl from spot hog these things are built tough what i'll tell you what really sold me on them and i know it's stupid but when they came out with the double pin so it's got two pins in there one at the top like you'd normally shoot on a single pin and then there's one below it i don't know half inch below it and there's two dials on the um where you set your yardage so like in a situation where a deer walks out and suddenly is walking away or whatever and you kind of look down and say all right well my top pin's on 25 but my bottom one's on 34 or whatever it might be you know that you can aim with the bottom pin or between them or whatever you need to do in a situation like that and that's pretty cool so it's got a dial on the side that you set the yardage by. <clears throat> the difference in the Fast Eddie and the Fast Eddie XL, the Fast Eddie, the regular version, first of all, is 20 bucks cheaper, but it is you mount it on the bow and it's there. The mm -hmm. XL has the dovetail mount so you can slide it off and on and that type yep. of thing. And I'll put some closer up footage on the video here. But just wanted to throw that out there. They're great sites. We sell a lot of them. They're they're I mean, you can you can use them as a slide bar. You know, you could use them for yeah. tournaments. You can add a scope on them. It comes with a, a single ring and a multi ring that you can put on there. I mean, there's infinite stuff you can do. We've never had any trouble out of them. Uh, they run like 270 and 290. So, you know, they're up in your upper echelon of sights, especially if you're you know setting up a hunting bow. <clears throat> but it seems like more and more people don't care. They want the best stuff, and this is the best stuff. So. Yep. Check them out. Call us if you need one. We got plenty on the wall. Yep. You know they come with sight tapes and calibration tapes in them. So, mm -hmm. um, if you've never, never used a single pin type sight, 
Um, with spot hog, I think they've got it figured out the easiest with the calibration tape. Yep. You go out, you get a 20-yard mark, <clears throat> you line that calibration tape up, and you go to 60 and side in at 60, and what number the pointer falls on, it coincides with a matching tape that comes with the site, and yep. you put that on there, line it up with your 20, and roll it around, and you – you know, shoot a little bit, you know, some odd yardages and, you know, regular yardage like 20, 30, 40, and then do some 35, 45 yards. Just make sure that tape is really dialed in. Yep, and that's simple. I mean, it's not like putting a bunch of crap in the computer or even making two marks and trying to line up a tape. Yep. <clears throat> like TJ said, you 20, put your tape on there, put shoot 60. It'll give you a number. Like yesterday we had somebody buy one, and their number was like 21. So all we did was went into the pack, pulled out the number 21 tape, Set his sight back on 20, lined up 20 and 20, went out there and shot it, good to go. So yep. it don't get no easier than that. No. Check them out. If you're, on the, if you're on the fence about it, I mean, we've had zero issues ever with a Fast Eddie. So. And plus they're made in Oregon, so it's a made in the USA product. Yep. And we know for a fact that they do stand behind their product. Yeah, yeah. customer service is yeah. on point. So, so don't hesitate. Then there's a bunch of other good sites out there too. Oh, yeah. You know, but I'm just saying if, if you're looking at this one, you're not making a bad choice. So we had a 3D shoot today. Had, yep. had more people show up than I thought. I really thought it was going to be a little bit of a flop just because I hadn't heard from a lot of people, but we still had a good crowd. We tried to put out bigger targets last night. Last night was a mess. And we said it on the live feed, but everything was busy, busy, busy. And, you know, it's around here right now it's getting dark at like 6.30 maybe, maybe a little after that. But <clears throat> um, we looked and it's like 5 or a little after, and I'm like, we got to put 20 targets out somehow before dark. And we did it. Me yep. and T-Bob was out there slinging, but. Um, as far as I know, nobody, I don't think anybody said anything bad. Because I know, you know, last time we had a lot of small targets out and we kind of heard. Yeah. What about target seven? Did you hear anybody say about the, I know that we had one target and there's a tree that fell down and you, if you're, I'm not, I'm like 5'10", 5'11", <clears throat> I could have probably made it to it. But if you're tall as TJ, you'd probably hit the tree. So I was like, we'll just tell them you might have to kneel to shoot and that. And it was funny because the first group got here and I completely forgot about Target 7. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap. So I took off down the range and they had just finished up 7 going to 8. And I'm like, I meant to tell y'all that, you know, you could probably going to shoot from a kneeling position. And they're like, oh, we just sent it in hot. We all got 12s. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> but, and so – um. I think the only one that I heard anything about was our little seven-yard target that oh, we yeah, always yeah. do. Everybody gets wild. But, but we don't have any other option with that lane. So yeah. I'd be curious to know, because I, I fight with this, <clears throat> if you shoot 3D tournaments, here here's the formats we've had here before, and I, I never know which one people like the best. Like we can, We've done shoots where we give away trophies, and the problem with that, <clears throat> I like the trophy part of it, you know, mm -hmm. and I like ordering them and giving them away, but three quarters of the people never come get their trophy. Like they don't care. So I'm like, well, I don't want to spend a couple hundred dollars on trophies if nobody's going to even pick them up. So like today we did a straight up fun shoot. So the fun shoot is a little cheaper to shoot because I'm not having to order trophies, but it's not necessarily, you know, who got first and second and third and there's no money involved or, or no trophies or nothing like that. So I know there's some people they're just in it because they want to be the top of the game and win something. And then we do team shoots sometimes, 
And the, the, the fairest way I can make those is we random draw teams. So everybody's name goes in a hat. We random draw. But then at each target, it's captain's choice. So, like, if me and TJ are together and I shoot a five and he shoots a ten, we count the ten. And usually at the end of that game, the scores are really, really close yep. because of being able to count the highest score each target. And then we pay back, like, 50% of that pot. So, so the first team – and if we have more than – I think we do more than 15 people or something, we pay back two spots and sometimes three – so a lot of money can be won for that. Mm-hmm. But then on those, you get people that are like, I don't, I don't want to shoot for money. It's a tournament. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, you could get – you could. we've had people show up that's never shot before and got paired up with a good shooter mm-hmm. and ended up winning a couple hundred bucks on those. I mean, so it's, it's just – you never know. A look at a draw game. So I don't know – I don't know. I always struggle with which one of those to do. Because, you know, we do the trophies and people want to get money. We don't do anything and people want to get something. We do money and then the people get scared and don't want to come shoot because money's involved. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, and you can't really do them all at once you know, unless we had a couple hundred people coming. And we don't yeah. have a couple hundred people coming. So, what do you all think? Send me a – put a message. Let me know how you like it. But it seems more and more people just like a good old fun shoot. Yeah. But you still got, you know, a good many in the crowd that want to shoot for something. So, yep. you know, last shoot – I was like, hey, I'll give 100 bucks to whoever shoots the high score out of everybody the whole day. And that went over well. But then again, there was only about three to five people that showed up gunning for that $100. Everybody else was like, well, it'd be nice to get, but I ain't worried about it. You know, so I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. The best thing, well, I say the best thing. One of the best things, excuse me, is uh, when we give away merchandise. So, like. I remember one of the best shoots we had, I gave away, I don't remember what I gave away, I think a 3D target for first and a pack of arrows for second and some broadheads for third or whatever, and that went over well, but then I, the problem with that is, you don't know, like, you know, if I'm giving away arrows, for example, you know, what if, if, a, if I'm giving away hunting arrows and like a tournament guy wins, and, and not that he don't want those arrows, but he's just like, well, what am I going to do with these, or if we've got some people that don't even hunt, they just straight up shoot tournaments and they get a pack of broadheads and they're like, now what you know and i guess i could give away store credit or something but i don't know it's just a mess of what to figure out it is but anyway let us know how you like to shoot do you like a fun shoot you like trophies you like money you like stuff gave away you know a big thing too whenever you do when we've done the team shoots and when there's money involved sometimes you get people that are just they want to complain or anything about every little yeah. de- like well we're not shooting all asa lower 12s and yeah you know we we don't have a full as asa range of targets here yeah we I mean, got we got reinhardt's <laughs> we got rnw's we got mckenzie's we had some boys come one time and they won both times they came and it was a couple hundred bucks and then they complained and said y'all don't have the official asa targets we're not coming back and that's fine but i'm like where else are you going to go on a Sunday afternoon and win $200 anywhere within 500 miles of here? Nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So people, I just don't get it. I'd go shoot. If I thought I had a chance to win or whatever, I'd ride an hour or two to win a couple hundred bucks. You know yeah. what I mean? So whatever. I don't know. But, you know, I, I agree. I want to know what people like. Fun shoot, money shoot, or trophy so yep so just leave us a comment let you know let us know what y'all think and if you're shooting a a spot hog fast eddy let us know what you think about it too because i've never heard anything bad about them 
So if you got something that's, I mean, if, if you do or don't say I'm shooting one or I shot one and my sight broken, <laughs> which I doubt, but yeah. I'd just be curious to hear something. You ready for some questions? Questions and answers. That Our sounded cool. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, we got two from the same guy. So DLR sent in these two. We'll go with the first one. When would you use a three vein versus four vein, and what are the advantages of each? Honestly, it is preference. Um, I'll tell you what I found with four. Well, first of all, I'm going to say this, and I'm, I don't—I really don't mean any nothing by this, but I just noticed John Dudley a year or two ago had done some four-vein setups, and it seemed like a lot of people seen it and thought, that's cool, I'm going to do it. So we had a lot of people start saying, hey, what about a four-fletch? And that's fine. I have no problem with that. But I think he really put it out there in the last year or two. The one thing is, if you don't watch out and you use a uh, too much of a vein on a four-fletch configuration you'll have too much drag and what i've seen that do um one time i fletched uh like six arrows with three and six arrows with four and pretty much they shot good 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 and then i did a group test at like 80 yards and for i couldn't figure it out at at 80 yards my three fletched arrows were tighter than my four so i started researching and doing all this crap and pretty much it said you got too much drag and the back end of the arrow don't like it you know what i mean so it's causing some problems so usually when somebody wants a four fletch, I tell them let's go to a smaller vein or a lower, mainly a lower profile vein, and then we can do the four fletch. But either either way is fine. You know, three is just mm-hmm. kind of the what everybody does, and there's nothing wrong with four. So uh, I know John Partain that helps us. He, he got some four. little yeah, some little AAE short veins. I can't remember which models now, but and they worked out great. So yep. preference. I mean, I don't have a problem with either one. No, me neither. It could be sometimes paper tuning with a four fletch is a little bit. Yeah, sometimes like with all those veins, it just it. It's not that the air is tearing bad. It's just so much crap going through the paper. It wants to grab extra paper, and you'll have to really shoot it a couple of times and look and say, is that a bad tear or is that just the vein grabbing all this paper? Yeah, and that's where it works better if you got like more of a wax paper and not something that's going to tear out, you know, as easy. Then the second question is, what fixed blade broadhead and field tip? have you had the best luck with as far as consistency between the two and the reason he's asking about the fixed blades is is he lives in a state where they only allow fixed blade broadheads gotcha i'll tell you in recent years those qad exodus heads did really well they're they're smaller they're solid they've done tests of them shooting them into like steel drums and in my testing out here, they flew great. But I would say any fixed blade broadhead, spin them. That's the main thing. Put them on your arrow and put them on. Uh, Pine Ridge makes that arrow test spinner, whatever. Spin it and watch that tip because more times than not, when people are having trouble with a fixed blade, I'll spin them. And for whatever reason, either the insert's a little crooked or their tip's not screwed on right or something, you'll see just the slightest wobble on the very tip of that broadhead, and that's causing all the problems. So... But anyway, uh, back to an exact broadhead, the QAD Exodus has done well in my testing. There's plenty of other ones that would do oh, fine, yeah. but just in recent testing, that one did great for me. Um, G5's got that new Montec out. I hadn't tested it, but I'm sure they make their older Montecs flew great when I tested them, so I agree. 
probably what, you know, since you are limited to, well, since your state only allows fixed blade rod heads, I know you don't want to spend a fortune in buying three or four different ones, but it's also, too, you probably need to get a couple different heads and shoot them. Yeah, see what goes good. And see what flies the best for your setup. And that's what I found out with broadheads. A dozen people come in, and you can get a dozen different answers on yep. who likes what and hates. You know, one guy walks in and loves rage. The next guy hates rage. One guy's ready to kill rage. I mean, it's just, you never – and most of the time it's probably – uh shot placement problems but we hear more arguments in here about broadheads than anything else and it's like there's very few i've ever shot that i would just be like those are junk and that's like the 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 two dollar walmart ones that wobble no matter what you do you know <laughs> yeah. so but yeah like i said probably just need to get some and just you know shoot them through your bow and see what works the best all right. Next question comes in from the 864. What size wrench for limb bolts? It's a, I wish we knew what bow. It's according to what bow. Um, mm -hmm. For years, sort of the standard was a 3 sixteenths, And then early 2000s, Matthews said, hey, we're going up them and we're going to go to a 732nd. So they went to a bigger one. But now, like, some companies like Bowtech, some of the Bowtechs, they're like a quarter inch. So... 3 sixteenths, 7 32nd, quarter inch is sort of the three main ones we see. <clears throat> 3 sixteenths is still probably most popular, but it's just according to the bow. So I'd have to know what bow you're shooting. Next question comes in from Sean on Instagram. Is there any way for me to install a peep at home? Mm, it's according to... I guess I guess we'd need to know is there already a peep in it and you're swapping peeps or you got just a bare string in the bow and you got to install it because if there's already a peep and you're just swapping it google a thing called a string separator I'm sure Lancaster's got them or somebody you can get for two or three bucks and it's a little u-shaped device you just stick it in there turn it sideways take the old peep out put the new peep in you could do that at home easy what you can't usually do without a press is stab that thing into the string exactly right yeah and install one without a press so and then the the redneck way and it's it's really not dangerous but definitely be careful if you try this if you pull a bow back all the tension pretty much transfers to the cables so there's very little tension on the string i mean like if don't derail somebody's bow but if if somebody will let you when you pull your bow back or a ladybug just landed on me holy crap <laughs> that scared me a little bit anyway <laughs> Um, fill their string because there's no tension on it but I've seen people pull them back then take the string separator because there's very little tension on the string but what you'd have to really be careful of excuse I hit the mic is to not push that string left and right and make it jump the cam so that's semi-sketchy to do that so hopefully they answered it you know if you're just swapping a peep easy if you're trying to there's that ladybug look at it there he went um, in other words if you if you've already got a peep in Use a string separator, but if you don't, it's probably not a good idea to try. Yeah, just get you a press. Find a bow press. Yeah. I have never thought anybody would ever send this in, but I see it. Oh, Lord. Is it a naked picture? No. Damn. <laughs> well, uh, according to Visit Man. <laughs> That's Billy Bob. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, this comes in from 619. Do either of you have archery tattoos? <laughs> well... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. Me neither. I have considered it. 
<clears throat> um, I'm going to be honest about this one. In my late teenage years, working in the bow shop and everything, I, I was shooting Matthews and hardcore, hardcore Matthews. And I thought, I'm going to get me a Matthews tattoo. And then I kept I kept thinking, man, as soon as you do that, something's going to happen. They're going to get sold or they're going to go out of business or whatever. So I was like, I can't do it. Because like, what if 20 years down the road, they're like, what is that? Here's an example. <laughs> Three boys that come in here had started a club about 10 years ago called Big D's Archery. And they all went and got big old Big D's Archery tattoos on their arms and a very prominent place on their arm too. Yep. The club didn't last but about a year and a half and closed down. So there's no Big D's Archery. And they all got those tattoos, and everybody's like, what is that? So I don't <laughs> want to end up in that. TJ, I think, thought about getting one last two two, two years ago. ago. Easton get, did free tattoos mm-hmm. in their booth, and it didn't have to say Easton on it. They had like 10 tattoos you yep. could choose from. And if you look back to those videos, Anthony Brookie that helps us, he got one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you were thinking about it. I was. But no archery tattoos. No, and – I'm surprised we hadn't got this question before. I mean, but, you know, I'm like you. I've considered getting a tattoo and everything, but. I've seen some badass ones, and even old Macon that comes out here has got a nice archery tattoo. And, uh, but I, I, my thing about tattoos is one of two things would happen. I'd get it, and then I'd be like, why did I get this? Or I'd be like, ooh, let's get 20 more, <laughs> you know, so I don't, I'm just, I'm good. I've Everybody, like my wife, she got one at the show, yeah. and then. But everybody I've talked to that has tattoos says once you ever get the first one, they become addictive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if that's your thing, hey, I ain't I ain't knocking nothing. But I mean, I do want one. I just I have an idea in my head, but I just need to go talk to some people to get it drawn out. Well, we're not getting the matching leprechauns like you asked. <laughs> I'm just saying that now. That was you. That wasn't me. It'd be cool. <laughs> So, anyway, oh me, have you guys tried Bloodline string material? And this comes in from the seven two three. We have, and we're gonna order some and do some more. Uh, what we found out with Bloodline, so Bloodline string material just came out less than two years ago. They claim there's no wax in it. There's some proprietary coating on it, and there definitely is because it's not gummy with wax and it's mm. super slick and that's sort of the problem with it when we lay it out on our jig it wants to slide off the post it's so slick we put a couple sets on some of our bows around here and it seemed to do well so we're uh well really within the next two to three weeks i've already put it on uh and advertised it a little bit but we're going to add it to the website and we're going to start offering it it's a little more pricey than other stuff and people hadn't heard of it as much, but I'm going to order, we've had flow green and black. I'm going to probably order, you know, six or eight main colors and advertise that we got it and just see if there's interest in it. And then we've probably just built, what, four or five sets with it. Yeah, it really ain't been me. get some time in building with it and just see more or less what we think. But it's good stuff from what we can tell. And they just came out with the serving. We tested it. It seems to be pretty good. And uh, so we're going to get some more of that in soon and like i say you'll see it on archershackstrings.com probably in the next two to three weeks available i know they're gaining ground because i was just you know throwing uh scrolling through facebook sometimes we've got a a buddy of ours out in idaho mm-hmm. um butch baker uh baker Arch- archery products um 
I don't, he's, he sells stream making, you know, jigs and stuff like that. So, but I know he's posted a lot of pictures of people using bloodline mm-hmm. on his jigs and everything. So yeah. maybe it's get, got more popularity than we think. Yeah. I'll get all the main colors, the black, flow green, probably electric blue, green, maybe brown, you know, all the main stuff that people order and we'll see what happens. Maybe get some feedback on it. Let's see here. This one comes from Roy. Can stabilizers affect Botoon? That's a pretty good question. Believe it or not, yes. And I didn't know that really until just a few years ago because I had a bow and it had two mountain holes on it. It had a lower one way down at the limb cup on the back of the riser and then it had a higher one up, you know, not far below the grip. And that bow, believe it or not, would paper tune with that stabilizer up near the grip but would not paper tune with it down low. And I tried and tried and tried. And I don't remember who told me. It might have been the PSE rep. I don't remember, but he said, move that stabilizer and just see if anything changes. And I guess I had, I mean, I didn't have that much weight, but I probably had 12 or so ounces on the back. I guess it was putting enough torque into that riser to where it wouldn't paper tune down there. So I've seen it a time or two. Somebody else had that problem. It could have been Partain on his Hoyt. I can't remember, but, yeah, stabilizers affect tune. That's why I always, you know, if we're working with somebody in here, tell them, put everything on your bow. You sight stabilizer because I know, you know, a riser is metal and it's not moving much, but there's probably more tension and twists and all that. And that's one thing I do love about those prime bows is they use that higher grade, what is it, was it 80? 82XS, I think. Whatever aluminum they use uh, is stronger. I like that because I have uh, – I've only seen two or three risers warp in my day. Um, two of the three, one I think came from the factory bad. I won't, well, it was a Matthews, but it was a long time ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I think the other two were probably put in a press wrong. So, what we got next, T Bob? All right. This one comes from the 617. What does it mean when someone derails their bow? It means, so, kind of goes back to what I was talking about. Um, When you pull your bow back, there's very little tension on the string and a lot of tension on the cables. So, with very little tension on the string, if you were to torque that riser left or right by the, you know, you holding it, and then shoot it or let it down, it could jump off the track of the cam and... You heard people say blow up, but derail, I guess, is the right word. The string jumps off the cam, and it could it could warp the cam and cause damage, or you might look up and nothing happened. So we see it, you know, especially during the busy season a good bit. Mm-hmm. What normally causes it is two things. People grab their a super short bow with high let off with their fingers, and they snatch it back, and they're putting all kind of torque into the string left and right, and they, they you know, let it down and twist it, and it jumps off. Or we hear this a lot. My buddy grabbed my bow with his fingers and either dry fired it, you know, which is yep. just letting it go, or derailed derailed it. it. So yep. that's what happens. Next question comes in from a nine one zero. Should I square up to the target when shooting, or more of an open stance? I'm more of an open stance man because here's my thinking. Let me back up. When I was a kid. I guess you'd call him my coach. He wasn't my coach, but the guy that I really first started listening to about shooting, he was always like, square up to the target, damn it. And I, 
But you got if you're square to the target, which means your feet are perfectly parallel to the target, um, or is it parallel or or you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm having to almost fight my body left to get there. You know what I mean? But if I square up to the target and then take my left foot shooting right-handed and bring it back just a smidgen, when I bring my arm up, it's naturally pointing dead at the target. So the, what I believe is whatever you can do to not have to fight your own body and muscles is going to make you shoot better. So if I square up to the target I'm kind of fighting to stay there because my bow's wanting to push to the left. But if I got a little bit of an open stance, I'm, I'm when I draw back, I'm there. So I'm an open stance guy. And uh, like I say, the less the less you can fight your body and muscles and and skeletal structure and all that, you know, the better. You know, because you're gonna spend more energy and you can get tired quicker and that type of thing. And that goes into a lot of form stuff. But that's my answer. Yeah, and it's one of them too. If you're hunting out of a deer stand or something and don't have a real big platform, you kind of can't use a a, yeah. a big open stance. Yep. But it, everything still applies. It's just a little bit more confined space. Yep. Our next question is from Gary on Facebook: Should I shoot with my glasses on or contacts? I don't wear them, but TJ does. Yeah, so TJ can probably answer this the best. If you shoot, if you wear glasses on a daily basis, then I would shoot with my glasses because everything, if you're running a lens, a clarifier, and it affects everything. Um, if you wear contacts, I can't wear contacts because, uh, well, I can, but they're glass. I can't wear like a, you know, the throwaway kind of contacts. So um, I shoot with my glasses on and... I don't have any, you know, any issues or whatnot. Uh, the only thing that I will with glasses is rangefinders. Each rangefinder is a little different, and binoculars. Um, I had to go and actually test some rangefinders to make sure when I put it up to my eye with my glasses on, I could still see the full range of target, whereas the rangefinder I had had like a little rubber cup over the eyepiece and without pressing it against my glasses which pushed the glasses into my face i couldn't get the whole target so that's just a kind of a downfall with that but you know shoot with them on or you know and i know people that go back and forth with their glasses and their contacts i think you know so whatever you wear daily i would probably shoot with those on I know the only thing that I would think would could be a problem. I've tried to shoot with sunglasses on before when it's been real bright or whatever, and I don't know if it's just the way I anchor or whatever. But like, my right eye sees right into the bridge of the nose, so I can't do it. And I know they make glasses without all the structure like that, but I guess for some, for me, that's that would be a problem with some glasses. Um. You know, sunglasses, yes, but most people, you know, most glasses like re corrective lenses. Yeah. Um, unless you just got a real wide frame or something and gotcha. nose bridge, it really doesn't. The only thing that sucks for me is during the summertime, the sweat wants to pull wants to pull up like mm -hmm. right here in the corner. So when I draw back and anchor and I'm looking through my peep, gotcha. I can see like a little smudge of sweat right there and it, it aggravates me. But yeah. other than that. And 
that's all the questions I've got. That was some good ones. Thank yeah. you all for sending them in. If you have questions, uh, feel free to comment. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below, and we'll look them up before next podcast. Uh, you, A lot of people text them in. The number to text them in is 843-560-9898. Uh, you can email us, archershack at gmail.com. You can comment on Facebook, Instagram. I think you all figured it out, but <laughs> the easiest is just comment on YouTube, but I get a bunch of stuff through all kind of different avenues, so that's fine. Um, that was some good questions. Yep. Let's talk about, we're going to be starting a live feed, weekly live feed, in addition to our other two videos uh, coming up, not this week, but next week. So what we're going to do, is, and I've said this a few times, but I just want to kind of make sure everybody knows what we're doing. We're going to have the podcast start coming out on Tuesday morning. So we'll back it up a day because now it comes in on Wednesday morning. Then Thursday evening around 6.30, we're going to go live for 20 to 30 minutes, and it'll be sort of a tech type of thing. It'll be, it could be a lot of stuff. We don't want it to be like one specific, has to be this every week. No. But it could be, you know, us putting in a peep site, and here's how you tie it in. Or it could be us fletching arrows, or us going over the parts of a bow, or making a bowstring, or, or whatever, you know. So it'll just be different every week. But look forward to that in about two weeks. And then still on Sunday, we'll have our video that comes out usually Sunday evening at 9 p.m. And that's been a mixture of video of shoots, bow reviews, um, just that sort of thing. Us fixing bows, restringing bows. So we kind of mix it up. Um, so that we'll start having three videos a week instead of two. And uh, we had thought about doing this podcast live and then I was like, I mean, that's probably not a bad idea, but we can't make it as high quality of a video as we can using what we're using because we have to do it off the phone. And I mean, yep. we started recording this podcast off the phone when we first started. And I mean, it's just a fine video, but we can do it in like 4K and all this stuff the way we're doing it now. So I think we're going to stick to that and then we'll we'll be on the mobile device for the live feed. And it's still a pretty good, I watched that thing from last night. It's still a pretty clear picture. We just got to figure out a few little things. Let's, let's throw this out there. What would they think about us doing a live podcast on location from a shoot, like total yeah. archery or something where, you know, we're going to be spending, a, yeah. you know, a couple of days, see if they might like to see a, a live feed or something like that. That could be cool. And I know Cause when, we'd have, when total archery rolls around, we'll probably be leaving on a Thursday night. Problem would be, we I don't know if we'd have a signal. We could... Maybe do it from a car, but the sound would suck. We could wait till Friday night, you know, and that week and do a live one from the hotel or from the shoot or whatever. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But yeah. Let's see what y'all think about it. See if, yeah. you know, if you want us to go live on the podcast or just keep it the way it is. And then my main thing is, is audio with these things. Like when we did the one in the car going to ATA, you know, of course the audio sucked because all you could hear is like, car noise and cars and trucks passing and all that and it's still got a lot of views but when i'm watching something and i've seen it in this podcast when i've rewatched it when we first started we literally just had the phone set up then i was like well hey i got these lapel mics let's plug those up and then that helped a lot mm -hmm. then we got these mics you know and these everybody was like that's way better i'd rather i'd rather hear stuff better even if the video is a little sketchy versus it you know if, if it sounds bad i'm like eh. but uh Anyway, that's our live schedule coming up here in about two weeks. Not this coming week, but the next. You'll you'll see us. 
and it'll save on YouTube. So like, if you don't watch it when it's live, that's fine. You can go back and watch it later. Um, upcoming videos. One of the big ones I'm going to do, it'll probably still be a week or two before this comes out, but on my personal bow that I'm going to shoot tournaments with and have been shooting tournaments with the prime, uh, black series nine, I've, I built strings for it and I'm putting 60 pound limbs on it. So I'm going to completely tear it down put the new limbs on it, completely put it back together and tune it. And I'm going to make a big video about that. And it'll be a week or two. I kind of been putting it off because it's going to take a little time to do all that. And it, it takes twice the amount of time when I'm trying to video it and do it. So I really need like a Sunday with nobody here just to do it. So I'm going to do that in the next week or two. But that's coming up. We should have some more shoot videos coming up. Because I think next weekend there's one at Kiwi Bowman. I'm sure I'll video it. Yep. Um, Foley's going on right now. They start, I think the shoot-off starts in about 25 minutes our time. I think it's 530 Central out there. Yeah. That'll be cool to see who wins. I know Dan McCarthy's way up. He's like, was it 26 up or something? Man, I heard somebody say he was 20 up yesterday. Yeah, he's spanking them. I don't see him getting beat, but I could be wrong. Um we got, as far as sh local shoots for your local listening, we had a shoot here today, of course. We'll have another one sometime next month. Hadn't figured out the date yet, but will this week. We're going to the R100 in Homer, Georgia, which is an hour from us here in a got about, what, two, two or three weeks? Two um, weeks. Not this weekend, or not next weekend, but the week after. I got you. We're, we're going to go to it. If you're, if you, if, I can't talk. If a R100 comes near you, definitely check it out. Yes. It's got... It's the one with like the draft targets, the elephants, the rhinos, all the wild stuff. So I'll I'll probably have some kind of video I do about it. Um, and I've done videos in the past, and I'll never forget the first one I did was be three years ago now, and I forget what music I put behind it, but they copyrighted me on it. It was some popular country song, so they they took it down, and then I, it, they let me put it back up, but with no music. And I'm like, this is boring, you know, because it was like 20 minutes of just you know nothing so then they let me put some youtube music behind it and whatever music they put behind it was awful it was like some grunge like dong, da -da -dong, da -da -dong. <laughs> and i th nobody watched it because of that music so last year we did another one and it, it worked out but I'll, I'll try to do a or two years ago we did another one i'll try to do a better one this year and get some of the good good shots but that's coming up total archery's coming up in may yep and that'll probably be the one where we might get some footage, like some live stuff and definitely some video from, oh, yeah. from the shoot going. I'm hearing more and more people say they're going to the R100 intact around here. So if you haven't went to one, either one, the R100 or the Total Archer Challenge, and if it does come close to you, it's worth... Oh, Lord. Somebody sent me something and it went wild. <laughs> um it's worth it's worth to go it's worth it to go shoot because um you'll get addicted to it i mean we've been addicted to this for how long now too long <laughs> <laughs> um well it could be worse oh yeah we're not on the cocaine nope but uh the um i don't know i'm just looking forward to some different types of shoots i love the local shoots but it's just kind of like it's the same thing every time and then R100 and the TAC. I wish TAC would come. It's about six, what, six hours for us to get yeah. there. I wish it was a little bit closer, but it's fine. It's still fun to go to. It'd be a little, it'd be a little quicker if uh, Atlanta traffic and Atlanta construction. 
last year we sit for what an hour or two almost not moving it was bad it was and it was last year we were I, thursday was it we, we weren't gonna leave till friday morning yeah. i was like tj what if we just leave tonight what if it was a slow day i was like what if we just leave at four or five o'clock it was a get spur on? of the moment thing and tj's like well let me run home and grab my stuff so i was like let's do it so i'm in the, i run in and start packing my stuff tj's packing his stuff we leave out at six or so yeah get everything was fine get to atlanta stopped and ate left there 10 minutes on whatever we were on i think we got off 85 on to something going towards 75 yeah we we hit the the bypass and all it we stopped <laughs> and i mean stopped and we and it's it's late i mean it's 9 10 11 o'clock i don't remember we ended up getting there we ended up rolling in where we stayed at at like two o'clock in the morning and we crossed the timeline so it yep. had backed up an hour or whatever it does and uh it took forever to get there and i was like for the love of god but we come back through the mountains and we realized okay this is the way we should have went yeah so we won't i guess we won't try atlanta this time no it was bad at least we found that cool little restaurant up there of uh, chevelles that was a neat place somewhere in north carolina yeah i'd yeah. go back there yeah me too have a good cheeseburger but yeah our shoot today went good um i gotta come up with something big for next month next month's a busy month though you got some indoor stuff happening for south carolina we got uh r100 just a lot of stuff we might may or may not hit an asa i love asa but dang it we had augusta that was what about an hour and a half two hours away at about the most. two hours at the most and they moved it so now we're going to drive almost four hours which is not a big deal but it is you know kind of you got to figure out do we close the shop or what do we do here so we got to figure that part of it out i i had heard that the reason they didn't outgrow Appling is where it's in it close to Augusta, but um, I had heard that they had cut some of the pine trees out because they got some pine beetles down there, and so they didn't have enough woods to put the range on. So that's why they gotcha. pulled out of Appling. I, did, I wish they would go to a dang tourist area. They went to Myrtle Beach several years back, and I know it flooded, and that's kind of, I guess, why they didn't go back. I don't know why they didn't go back, but like Pigeon Forge, Myrtle Beach, you know, like Charlotte. Cause then you could take the whole family, let them play around while we shoot, and and all that type of thing. But anyway, I agree. Well, I can't think of nothing else to talk about. Me neither. That's all the questions, and so I guess shoot us some questions. Yep. Uh, we'll answer 